What's up, everybody, and welcome to Authentically Imperfect, where we talk about the fact that you don't have to have it all together to fulfill your calling and your purpose. My name is Natasia, and I'm your host for this podcast. Okay, you guys, today we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about identity. Identity is a topic that God has really been dealing with me on, really teaching me how to be settled, rooted, and established in my identity as a woman, as a daughter, um, as a creative, as an author, as a CEO slash entrepreneur, whatever it may be, but really as a daughter first. Um, and, and my identity rooted in his likeness and his image and what he's made me to be. So I want to jump in. I'm very excited to share with you all today um, and hopefully kind of break up some of that fallow ground, break up some of that hard ground that has kept many of us from being able to tap in and access and sit and be settled in the identity that Christ has made us to walk out. Okay, so you all know I love me a good definition. And today, if you're watching, I do not have a water bottle because I left it. (laughs) I have a water jug. So drink your water, saints. Amen. I have a gallon of water. I need to get better at polishing these off at least one a day, but we're working on it. But drink your water and hydrate. Amen. Okay. So you all know I love a good definition. And I have really been loving starting off these episodes with definitions because I really feel it sets the groundwork and the foundation from which I kind of want to talk with you all about. So let's talk about the definitions I found for identity. The first one is a condition or character as to who a person or what a thing is, the qualities, beliefs, etc., that distinguish or identify a person or thing. And the second one is the state of fact or being the same one as described. Let me read these again. Condition or character as to who a person or what a thing is, the qualities, beliefs, etc., that distinguish or identify a person or thing. And the second one, the state or fact of being the same one as described. Okay, let's start with the second one. So what came to me when I read this definition is this idea that imperfectionism, we oftentimes tend to put up borders and gates that prevent people from seeing the authentic version of who we are. And so for this context, I'm gonna call it false identity. And I really believe that's a thing. I'm gonna do more of a study into it, but in a general context as perfectionist and even recovering perfectionist, it's like we have this false identity that we want to present to the world. It's this portrayal, um, I'm competent, I can do bad all by myself, like Taraji P. Henson. I can conquer the world and I don't need the support. I don't need the help. And it's not because I don't want you to help me. It's because if I can't handle it, if I can't do it, if I can't show that I'm 
able to fulfill or achieve this thing, then I'm nothing. And so we take on this identity and this, we put on this mask that oftentimes causes us to be shut out of authenticity. It really does shut us off and out of the place of authenticity because it's like, how can you really receive and be rooted in who you are if you're always trying to achieve and perform and get to this impossible level that nobody on the planet could get to? Nobody except Jesus because he was the only perfect human more on that later and he did not sin amen all right he who knew no sin just had to put that one in there okay so we oftentimes take on this false identity that keeps us out of the place of authenticity and i think that the second definition is so important because it says the state or fact of being the same one as described. Perfection can say, I'm describing myself as competent, this, that, and the third. But on the inside, I have low self-esteem. On the inside, I'm anxious. On the inside, I'm suicidal. On the inside, I'm broken in a hot mess. And I do this, that, and the third to put myself to sleep at night because I don't know how to sleep right, because I'm not at peace within myself. That's the sneakiness of perfection. So we got to come against that and we got to learn how to come out of agreement with that because one of the goals of this show is to help you as an individual sit in your authentic identity and embrace the fact that none of us are perfect. There is no way we're not going to make a mistake in life. And I feel like people need to hear this over and over again. We will make mistakes. We are going to make mistakes. We are going to fail. Let me say that word again. We are going to fail. And sometimes we're going to epically fail, okay? Epically fail. Like fail so hard. The only one that can pick us up out of it is Jesus because we can't even pick ourselves up, okay? We are going to epically fail. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing now. Before I... (laughs) used to tell me, I used to be like, ain't no way. I'm going to do everything to make sure that I never fail, which is a lie, okay? Because then in that thought pattern, you wind up (laughs) self-sabotaging. You wind up self-sabotaging and you wind up doing the thing you were trying to avoid or becoming the thing you were trying to avoid anyways. So let's learn how to embrace our imperfections, embrace our mistakes, embrace our hardship, embrace our trials, embrace even when we're not able to meet the standard or achieve the thing. And only you know what that thing is because perfection is very much so rooted in performance and achievement. Hey, look at me. Look at what I can do. I bring my value to the table by what I can do. Not who I am, right? Which oftentimes, because when we operate in the mindset, I'm here showing you what I can do and this is my value, we oftentimes 
wind up in broken and unhealthy relational dynamics, not just romantically, but friendships, um, business partnerships, work even, because we're saying you're not really seeing me because I'm not allowing you to see me. I'm not allowing you to see my imperfection or my authenticity. What I'm putting on is a definition of what I think you want to see so that maybe you'll like me. But it's not a true version of love. It's a very false version of love. I am learning how to walk through that thing and being healed of that thing. And it can take time. So for the person that needs to hear this, take your time in your journey, accept your season, accept your race. Your race is your race. Your journey is your journey. I believe scripture says, for the journey is not given to the swift, nor the seat to the scornful, but to he that endures. So even scripture tells us that pace, and I really feel that for somebody, pace is so important in this process. Even for me, I feel it for myself. Pace is so important. And so this whole idea of achievement and being rooted in achievement creates a false identity, right? And for many of us, if you take away our achievement, you take away our ability to achieve, many of us are gonna do one of several things. We're gonna shut down, we're gonna become anxious, we're gonna become stressed, or we're gonna become nasty and start, start knocking a few bucks and maybe cuss you out a little bit. Because once again, it's rooted in the fact my value is what I bring to the table, not my value is who I am. And if you receive me, then I can begin to build a healthy relationship with you. No, no, it's not rooted in that. It's rooted in my value is what I can do, not in who I am. And so I wanted to shine light on how that thought, right? It can oftentimes sneak itself over into our relationships because then we're giving to people who aren't able to give to us what we need. So be free, beloveds, from the thought. And my prayer is that that revelation begins to shine a light where you're like, you know what? Let me go get a therapist. Let me start to unbraid some of this. Let me go sit with the father and allow him to work and unbraid and show me where these roots are so that he can pull them out and he can put me in the place of deliverance and healing because they go hand in hand. Can't have one without the other. If you walk through deliverance, you definitely need to walk through healing. If you walk through healing, you definitely need to walk through deliverance. They go hand in hand. Amen. So achievement, putting on this false identity, putting on a mask, holding ourselves to this impossible standard, that's not authentic. It's not 
And it's so much easier said than done because to embrace the identity of who Christ has called you to be means that you have to do the work. <laughs> Let me say that again. To embrace the identity that Christ has called you to be means that you have to do the work. Work, 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 work. Okay? You got to do the work, loves. And doing the work is not easy. Doing the work is very painful, excruciatingly painful. And it might feel like you're going to lose your mind at times. I felt like that a couple weeks ago. Okay? Um, <laughs> and it's okay because it means that there's light on the other side. There's hope. There's strength. There's victory. <laughs> There's victory on the other side. And the victory is that you get to embrace the fact that you were not perfect and you just get to be. And there's a release of this impossible pressure that we put on ourselves because of trauma, societal standards, whatever it may be. But there is victory on the other side. But do the work. Be committed to the work. Be steadfast in the work. Endure the work. You have to be able to endure. And sometimes, sometimes, and not all of us, but sometimes we get into this, this lazy space of sorts. Or I don't want to call it lazy. Let's call it complacent. There we go. So let's take the word lazy out and let's place replace it with complacent. We get into this place where we become complacent with the version of ourselves that others see based on what we're able to do or achieve. And because healing is hard, growth is hard, we stop and we want to leave and try to exit. But I love that scripture also says, he that has begun a good work in you is faithful to perform it until the coming day of Christ. <laughs> that means that as you continually give him the yes, he's going to continually do the good work in you, whether you're realizing it or not but be committed to the work and endure it anyways. Makes things a whole lot easier. Trust me, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know it, apply it, it's a thing. So I also want us to be aware of the fact that our identity, yes, it is indeed rooted in taking on the mind, the character, and the attitude of Christ. And so, yes, Christ loves, but his love has always come with boundaries. He is not a God is love for everything and everybody. No, no. God did not condone sin. He loved people to the place of wholeness. He loved people to the place of his feet to be postured, 
to receive the impartation that yes, I am a sinner, but there is a spotless lamb who came, who knew no sin, who said, I am going to die for everything that is right because I love my creation. Okay, so his love has boundaries. Let's put an asterisk there. His love has boundaries, okay. He rested. Hmm. <laughs> he rested. Let's park there. He rested. Y'all, we are in a culture, in a society, the US, but also a lot of other places in the world. But we are really in a society where people go, 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 go all the time. And sometimes you really have to sit down and evaluate what in the world am I going for? What am I doing all of this for? Rest, beloveds, take rest. Because even Jesus rested from the assignment. And another thing, the assignment is only for a season. It's only for a season, okay? for a season. I am learning that. Embrace the season. And if it's finished, it is finished. Don't allow other people to get you hung up on the fact that you gotta keep going and going and going and going. No, 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 no. When God tells you to hang it up, hang it up. When he tells you it's finished, it's finished. That means you've done what you've needed to do and you've done it well. You've done what you needed to do and you've done it well. If you hear him say it is finished, that's for me too. You've done what you've needed to do and you've done it well. If you haven't done it well, he would bring it back around to you or he would say it ain't finished just yet. But don't use well, right? Because I don't want us to get into this thought of like, well is the performance. No, no, no. Well is in the completion and leaning into him to complete what he has assigned to you. Okay. Use that definition. All right. He also showed mercy and compassion and he did not judge. So these are the characteristics. And just to recap a little bit, I'm walking us through the characteristics of Christ that we need to be able to be rooted and rested in our identity. It is indeed taking on the mind, the character, and the attitude of Christ that is where our identity is rooted. So recap, he had boundaries, he rested, he showed mercy and compassion and he did not judge. He didn't judge people, he didn't judge people. And I'm gonna use the next example. Also, he told the truth even when it hurt. And the truth that he told was not meant to condemn but it was meant to shine light in the dark places. And for many of us, I know when I said, 
He showed mercy and compassion and did not judge the judgy part. Well, didn't Jesus judge the woman at the well? No, he did not. He asked her a question when he said, woman, where is go and find your husband? And she said, I don't have a husband. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, you are correct. You've had five and the one you with now ain't your husband. <laughs> ah, wait, 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 what? He didn't use that to judge her though. He used that to reveal himself unto her as the Messiah, as the one who came to redeem. And oftentimes I believe many of us refer to her as kind of one of the first, one of the first I'll say evangelists who went into the town and who really began to say, I found a man who told me everything I ever did and she didn't say he condemns me or he made me feel ashamed. But instead she said, I believe he is the Messiah. Come and see. So it provoked her heart to love. It provoked her heart to the feet of the father. It provoked her heart to become better. So the truth that he told her provoked her to become better, to understand that he was the living water. How profound is it that he uses that example at the well, the well where you draw water? He said to her, this water that I have, you won't, you won't thirst again because this is living water. This is water that is going to encourage you. It's going to allow you to sit at the feet of the Father and to learn of him and to become more like him and to be washed and cleansed from all of your sin. That was a juxtaposition to himself. or excuse me, I believe a metaphor, let's use metaphor. It was a metaphor to himself, the living water, cleansing, and the fact that he came to cleanse the sin of man. He came as the atonement that his blood would be shed. So taking on the mind of Christ in the identity is to be rooted in the fact that you have a savior that already came and fulfilled everything, every sin that needed to be fulfilled. So what are you striving for when one already came and fulfilled it? The perfect work of the cross, I could run right there. It was done when he said it is finished. The work was fulfilled. The striving was fulfilled. Perfection was destroyed. Perfectionism was destroyed. The humanistic version, not the fact that he's a perfect God because he really doesn't know sin. He didn't sin, he was literally perfect. That's not attainable for us. But what is attainable is receiving the grace that one already came and did it. 
so that we don't have to. So receive that impartation of grace as a means of being a foundation for your identity. It is finished. It was finished on the cross. I really feel somebody needs to hear that. It was finished on the cross, which means that you don't have to strive. You don't have to perform. You don't have to create this unrealistic standard or expectation. It was finished on the cross. You just have to be and have to learn how to be. You just have to learn how to be. So I want to take us into some life tips on how to be rooted in our identity. Like I said earlier, accept your season and your race. Pace yourself. Oftentimes, listen, when we're in that achievement, we're like, I'm committed. I want to get it done. I'm going to do everything right. There's no right or wrong. It's not either or. It's always both and. I can be right and wrong. <laughs> I can be strong and weak. I can be happy and sad. It is both and, it is never either or, and you don't have to choose. Just run your race. Don't worry about if you're doing it right or not. And in those moments when those thoughts come up, receive the impartation of grace. It was finished on the cross. So everything you need is in the blood of Jesus. Everything you need is in the name of Jesus. Okay, before I clear run and y'all lose me, <laughs> let me go to the next point. Self-care, nurture your passions. What are your passions? The things, not the thing you wanna do with your career and all that other jazz, that's great. But what do you love to do? I love to dance. Y'all meet me on the dance floor, okay? I love to dance. I love music. I love, um, I'm actually really learning to like love interior design and decorating, you know? So these are some of my passions, um, but live and then do things that allow you to enjoy and live. Like I dance at a dance studio, which I need to get back into a little bit more. Um, or if I can't get to the studio, like I'll put on my dance shoes. Fun fact, I've been dancing since I was nine years old. Um, my favorite dance style is contemporary for those who, and modern for those who are curious. <laughs> uh, but I put on my dance shoes, dance socks, and I'll dance around my living room and I'll just like freeform to a routine or not a routine, but to a song. Um, so nurture your passions and live. Another thing, embrace sonship. Sonship, sonship. What does it mean to be a son? 
or a daughter of the Most High God. I love this scripture that says, see what kind of love the Father has for us, that we should be called the sons of God. Woo! And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is because it did not know him. Side note, if you are a child of Jesus Christ, the most high God, be prepared to be misunderstood. More on that later. Get a gratitude journal. One of the things I realized is that gratitude really can cast down and destroy so many different things. It can cast down and destroy doubt, anxiety, worry, fear, sorrow, gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude, I'm saying that word because even the world hacks it, y'all. Get you a gratitude journal. (laughs) But seriously, get a gratitude journal and write why you are thankful. I'm not going to tell you what to write, but just why are you thankful for blah, 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 blah. And even if you do one or two a day, watch. You'll you'll see some transformation in the way that you start looking at things and you start evaluating things. So get a gratitude journal. Do an affirmation wall. Y'all, I just did one. I have one on my closet door. And let me tell you, I have literally walked up to it and cried this morning. I started reading my affirmations out loud and I cried because building your self-esteem is once again, taking on the mind, character, attitude of Christ, and it is affirming yourself through his word. So you best believe I have scriptures and I have affirmations based on scripture. So, side note, an affirmation journal might be coming out for me soon. Who knows? We'll see. (laughs) Prayer and devotion. This one is so, so, so important. And I can feel when I'm not in as much prayer and devotion as I need to be. I can feel it. I don't know about you all, but I'm very connected to Jesus. So when I am not connected to him, I will literally be like, ooh, um, Abba, I'm going to come talk to you for a few minutes because I'm feeling very disconnected from you right now, and I don't like it at all. So it also helps to build your intimacy with him. And intimacy is so important in learning about your identity. So take that time. And here's the thing. If you have 10 minutes, let that be the most sincere 10 minutes of your day. Sincere from your heart. You don't have to perform when you go to him. Just talk. Just talk. I'm going to be real transparent. I have gone to God (laughs) with a cuss word on my mouth. 
house and been like, Jesus, this beep is beeping with me today, okay? Like, and I have been raw and honest, but that's the relationship I have with him. I'm raw and honest, and I'm going to keep it 100 with him now. But someone had to tell me it's okay to be raw and honest. He ain't necessarily going to be like, okay, daughter, you know, because like he'll be like, okay, daughter, your language. And I'll be like, I know, I'm sorry, Abba, but I'm just, I'm having a day. Like, and that's how we talk. <laughs> but like, go to him. Someone had to tell me, so I'm telling you, it's okay to be raw and honest. It's okay to be unfiltered. It's okay to just straight up say what you need to say to him. He's not going to judge you. He's going to meet you where you are. All right. Amen. And then the last one is so important. Establish and maintain your boundaries, even at the discomfort of others. When you are used to operating in a certain type of dynamic, when you start establishing boundaries and give yourself grace, because I've learned, I am learning, even if you are establishing those boundaries and you're not yet matured. And so there's a little bit of like, it's not not temper tantrum, right? But there's a little bit of that um, pain. There you go. Pain comes through. Give yourself some grace, but be proud of yourself for the fact that you have established a boundary, a healthy boundary, and learn how to maintain those boundaries even at the discomfort of others. So a boundary you can have is, I am not going to take phone calls if it is past 10.30. If someone calls you, it's okay. If you don't answer the phone, it's okay. If you send a text or you don't, <laughs> but if your boundary that you communicate, you know, in that moment, because you want to communicate to the best of your ability, um, even if it's not in that moment, then maybe the next morning, hey, I just turned my phone off at 1030 and I'm not taking any more phone calls, but I hope that you're doing well. That's a healthy boundary. And then if people don't like it, that's on them. I love that my therapist says to me, set your boundary, how other people react to it is their problem and their issue. It is not on you, boo-boo, okay? It's not on you. So set your boundary. Do not worry about how other people react to your boundary. So all righty, y'all, I have some questions that I want you to think about and kind of like a take action. I'm liking this because I wanna give you guys some reflection to do in your own time so that we can kind of put some of these principles and things into action and do the work together. Okay, so I want you all to sit with yourselves and God for at least 30 minutes. And I want you to allow God to tell you who you are. 
So I want you to literally ask God, who am I? Not what am I called to do? Not when am I called to do it? No, 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 no. I literally just want you to sit with him for 30 minutes and ask him, who am I? And then allow him to speak to your heart, your heart. And allow that impartation to take root in you and to pull up all of those gates and thorns, those thorns, there we go. Allow the thorns to come up as he begins to tell you who you are. Because when I sat down and I asked him that question, the very first thing he said to me is you are the apple of my eye. And you are the daughter with whom I am well pleased. It was, oh, almost started crying there. <laughs> but allow him to tell you who you are. Not another man, not another woman, not your mama, not your daddy, not your grandma, not your uncle, not your cousin, not even your children. Woo! Not even your children for y'all mamas not even your children, allow God to tell you who you are. So that's the first take action point. And the second is, what is one thing I can embrace about myself? So what is that one thing you can embrace about you? Not trying to fix it, not trying to uh, twist it and, and turn it a little bit. No, no. What is one thing you can embrace about yourself right now? Like for me, I'm actually learning to embrace like my smile and the fact that I have chubby cheeks. I was called chubby cheeks in middle school, severely bullied topic for another day. But I'm actually really learning how to love my smile and my cheeks. I have chubby cheeks and I'm like, they're kind of cute. And I kind of hope my babies have chubby cheeks one day so I can not squeeze them, but like, you know, as they get older, give them a little kiss on the cheek. But I'm learning how to embrace that. It can be a physical thing. It can be an emotional thing. Um, it can be a mental thing. But whatever that one thing is that you are learning how to embrace, like I'll give you um, the mental emotional thing. I am learning how to speak up and say what I need to say. So there are moments where I have held my tongue for too long and it's been to my detriment. So I'm learning how to gauge and, and pray, okay, God, I need to say this thing so that I can move forward in my healing journey and process. How do I say this in a mature adult way, emphasis on mature adult way? How do I say this in a mature adult way while getting my point across? Not to appease the other person's reaction, but so that I'm okay to move forward. So I'm proud and I'm giving myself a pat on the back. 
I'm proud of learning how to do that and continually learning how to do that because that's a boundary. That's a boundary I have with myself. It's like, all right, I'm gonna give myself X amount of time. If I still feel like I need to say it, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. (laughs) I'm gonna say it and you should too. But gauge, you know, gauge the situation, gauge the context and say what you need to say. And don't worry about how the other person is going to react. That is literally on them. But be proud of yourself that you spoke up. I want you all to know that I am proud of you for walking out this journey and learning what it means to become authentically imperfect because you are already defined the odds and you are already unique in the fact that you are in the minority of those who choose to do the work. So give yourself a pat on the back. Be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. I want you to keep going. As I keep going, I want you all to keep going because there is literally victory on the other side. There is freedom on the other side. There is restored hope on the other side. There is true love from the Father. And if he has it for you, then he will bring you into the context of your boo thing. But true love first from God and then for self. And then, you know, all the extra, extra. (laughs) But until next time, now I'm rooting for you. I'm contending for you. I pray that you contend for the greatness that is inside of you. Talk soon.